Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Talkapella. I am one half of your host, Brian Alexander. Brian saw Spider-Man without me, just saying. <laughs> he went inside, he got tickets. I know he lives I in Texas. This is going to come up. But I was literally looking to see if there are any like pre-screening tickets available. And then I see mm-hmm. online, Brian Alexander, going to go see Spider-Man <laughs> Far From Home tonight. And I was like, oh, well, that's great. So, you know, that's that's really what's on my mind this week in regards to the wider world of acapella. We don't even have a don't, guest. Just going to talk about you Spider-Man. Don't, you don't sound upset in the slightest. <laughs> it's um, like that scene from Knocked Up where the wife's like, I like Spider-Man. That's how I'm feeling right now, man. <laughs> hey, Hey, I said if you were able to get a That's plane true. ticket out to Texas, you would definitely be uh, coming to the show with us. Dude, part night. of me was like, all right, I make like very little on a church choir director's budget, but I should just blow it and I should do it. And I should just make an impulse trip all the way to Texas to see Spider-Man early. But hey, life needs those moments sometimes, you know? Sometimes you just got to get up and go. Yeah, well, our guest this week has also not seen uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, so maybe he can commiserate with me. And our guest this week is Duncan Toomey, back again for sixth, maybe 42nd or 43rd time on the show. (laughs) I'm not sure how many times you've been on. We always kind of never get the exact number right. But Duncan, it's great to have you here, man. It's great to be back. Yes. Yes, it is. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's it's summertime now, which you wouldn't tell by looking at yeah, the weather Yeah, we're outside. in the midst of a thunderstorm right out here in Oregon. Brian, what's the weather like for you right now? Actually, it's kind of similar. I'm like, we've had some pretty heavy rain and thunderstorms earlier this week, too. So it must be a across the nation kind of thing going on right now. Yeah, when I was a kid, I thought the weather was just the same everywhere. Realized that's not a thing. <laughs> I learned I like learned pretty quick. I must have been like four or five, and then like and then, and then I learned that wasn't a thing. Hey, we are all of us had those kind of things, so mm-hmm. yeah, we don't we don't judge here. <laughs> it's a judgment free place here. Duncan, how are you feeling about Spider Man Far From Home? <laughs> I've been trying to steer clear of too much early press, yeah. so that I can. Just well, it's right here, staring yeah. us in the face across <laughs> Skype, so we better. Hey. <laughs> Hey, and I am not one of those people that will ever ruin a movie, let alone a Marvel movie. Let alone the Game of Thrones uh, second to last episode on hey, Twitter. Okay. No, that was my In fault. my defense. I rec- no, it was Twitter, totally my fault. I- <laughs> <laughs> if you go on Twitter the night of Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, then, no, hey, I, I, I knew that going in. I was literally like, all right, I need to post <laughs> this movie podcast episode on Twitter, and I'm probably mm-hmm. going to see some tweets about Game of Thrones, but I bet it won't be that bad. And then the first one, the follow. <laughs> (laughs) the Lannisters Brian Alexander and I was like oh all right I should have given I should have given the disclaimer that the whole spoiler thing and it doesn't apply with TV shows no it honestly doesn't like premiere day I I'd agree with that I actually watched Duncan watched Game of Thrones season or series finale I watched I had already seen it and he was watching it and I was hanging out with him and I was just watching him watch it and he just kind of looked at me was like Mm -hmm. oh no. <laughs> what? That's yeah. all you get from a Game of Thrones episode? No, from the last one, which was disappointing. Oh, from the last. Okay. Yeah, no, okay, not from the second to... last. All right, let's get. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I really. Anyway. <laughs> we should have. Uh, our... Brian, you got to come on uh, A Little Anarchy, the sh- the other show I do. You need to come on that really, I'm, really I'm soon. I'm feeling it now. Okay. I'm, this I'm is. I mean, it. that's kind of what we do. <laughs> but let's talk about acapella. Brian, what's on your mind today in regards to acapella? Yeah, so I think right now is a good time to kind of bring up this subject because we're in the midst of summer. A lot of college groups are on vacation, mm-hmm. um, a lot of high school groups are on vacation. 
And you know what? Professional groups, semi-pro groups, you know, they're in the midst of probably a, maybe a down. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's a break. It's mm-hmm. break time. It's it's kind of a break time for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so with that, you know, no better time to than to discuss recruitment because yeah. a lot of right now we're planning for the fall. A lot of activity comes up with the, the fall holidays, school kicking back in. And I thought with, you know, our guest Duncan, you know, being choral educator, high school groups, he has experience with collegiate groups. You know, it might be a good time for us to kind of pick each other's brains. Yeah. On, you know, mm-hmm. how, what do we do about this whole recruitment process? Totally. I think with recruitment, that's all I usually think about in the summer because that's the start of the year. If you don't get good recruitment, Like if you don't get a good crop of new people, Mm -hmm. regardless of if I choose good music or if I plan ahead with the rooms and I have good gigs, like recruitment's the thing that you can't alter or fix later in the year. You have your kind of one. I mean, you can, you can arguably like try and go out and get people in the middle of the year or like at the, you know, the halfway mark, like in December in between semesters. But I feel like summer, like how you were saying it, Brian, like summer is like the time where that's what you're really thinking about. And every, for me, when I was starting Mountain Horns, I actually had pretty much everything set up, but it was all about how am I going to recruit? How am I going to get as many people? people as I can because if we have a good group like we get enough people then so many things are going to go smooth but if we don't get a good crop I'm going to be paying for it the rest of the year and this is the time where like I feel like there I mean there's a ton of ideas on everything in acapella but recruitment is something that we share with all these other you know organizations you know sports all the all these people do it so it's always it's a great time to kind of incubate and think about this stuff about okay how am I going to set myself up for success through this one thing yeah it's almost like you're doing yourself a disservice when it comes to the recruitment aspect if you don't plan ahead yeah because there's yeah in a way you can kind of wing it and you could have like this whole middle of the semester recruitment process but it's not going to be it's at the rough time trying to do when that. the people mm-hmm. exactly yeah i'm like it's not when you're most engaged as well as when your potential new talent are the most engaged yeah you know, they have they probably have less on their plate schoolwork is probably at a minimum you know they aren't as heavily involved in their other extracurricular activities mm-hmm. as they would be during the regular semester so if you kind of neglect this whole recruitment aspect then like you're saying I'm like you're going to miss out on a lot of really good talent that could really make your life easier down the line totally Duncan mm-hmm. what about your thoughts on on recruitment I've been in kind of a different boat in terms of recruiting when I was in college we had crossmen which was kind of a one-time thing we, mm-hmm. we got together and then we stayed as that group for four years and never had to reach you out ne- to yeah you forward. never had to recruit again totally from an education perspective recruitment is definitely one of the one of the top things that I'm looking at because mm-hmm. with any vocal ensemble it's it's always going to be, you know, what voices do I have to work with? Because yeah. that determines all the pieces that I can choose. As an educator, I don't have the, the benefit of being able to recruit during the summer. So oftentimes it takes place during mid to late year as, mm-hmm. as folks are forecasting for next year's classes. That's when I do my, my prime time for recruitment. And uh, last year, especially, I explored a lot of different ways to, to bring more people in. What are, what are some of those? Well, as an educator, there are definitely things that you can directly do, mm-hmm. um, like going to events uh, at, at the school and just keeping your ear open all the time. Talent shows, folks who volunteer to like sing the national anthem before sporting events, mm-hmm. things like that, and then approach those people on a one-to-one basis. But I've had the most success by word of mouth from students who are already in the group. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. all of these are things and tactics that acapella groups can do mm-hmm. very similarly. I think yeah. it's just you have to kind of 
kind of, yeah. you know, you go through different channels. Brian, what were some of the like techniques you used when you were recruiting for your groups? So the, the great thing about being a college group is like you have free reign over the recruitment yeah. process. Mm-hmm. It, it's not relegated to a certain timing aspect or anything that might play from based off what I can initially pick up from you, Duncan, is like restraints that, you know, a choral educator underneath an umbrella such as a high school mm-hmm. or middle school might be challenged with. So with us, we got the ball rolling a lot of times in the summer. There were lots of student organizational fairs that you could sign up for ahead of time. And, you know, it was really came down to how much effort were you willing to put in because we could really be at a different organizational fair every single week during the summer. It just came down to did we have the manpower to do it at yeah. the end of the day. So we took a lot of advantage of recruitment during summer from the organizational fairs. I think in those early years, that was our main source of trying to do recruitment at those mm-hmm. student orientations because we didn't have a big social presence. And it's all it's like the structure is already built for you. It's not like, oh, I got to yeah. put it put together an event to recruit for the Green Notes. It's like, okay, here we go. We're going to do our thing underneath a larger umbrella where people are like already almost kind of being fed to you through like a stream or this is a weird metaphor, but like being kind of like they're already in that space and you're just kind of plopping yourself there. In the past, we've discussed this idea of getting pushback from the university, mm-hmm. whether it be the music program or maybe even leadership. When it came to recruitment and these organizational fairs, that was probably one of the better aspects of being mm-hmm. in an acapella group is they didn't fight you on getting your name out there in front of new students at the mm-hmm. end of the day. They never tried to hinder that. So yeah, I'm like, like you're saying, John, it was pretty much set up. It was like, okay, we're feeding this to you on a platter. Will yeah. you take advantage of it? That's not a far one to use. That's it. <laughs> no, but actually like there, everything's set up for you. So you just go in and just like, yeah, exactly like you said it. You're positioning yourself and taking advantage of the structures already in place because it's all about working smarter, not harder. It could be really easy to like yeah. be like, give a big motivating speech. And be like we're going to go out there and go to every single dorm and knock on every single freshman store <laughs> and have a deep conversation. Or you could just set up a booth. Yeah. Do that because you can't stretch yourself so thin because you need to, you know, be able to do everything else the rest of the year and also be a human. And I think just kind of looking at what Duncan said versus what you said, Brian, and literally being kind of in the middle here in regards to recruiting for choir versus recruiting for an acapella group, it's like, I think there are clear advantages and disadvantages to both. One, with a choir, you have more of those structures. Like at a high school choir, you have mm-hmm. more of those structures in place. Like I can go to like my principal and be like, hey, I want to set up a recruit event here or I want to create a like I want us to perform at eighth grade welcome night or something like that and that can be like you have a bit more weight to throw around and you can be a little bit more you have more like not political but bureaucratic like clout to make those things happen when you are part of a like school organization and you don't have that as much when you're doing acapella but with acapella Mm -hmm. you can be a little more I'm trying to say you can be not necessarily more disorganized I mean you can but you can be a little bit more like spontaneous it can be like hey we're gonna go do a dorm storm tonight and i you know i can't do that as a middle school teacher but Mm -hmm. an acapella group can so there's it's like while the high school recruiting aspect for high school choir has a little bit more structure i think acapella recruiting has a bit more maneuverability and i think both of those are like both can learn from each other what do you think duncan well yeah absolutely definitely the the flexibility of recruiting for acapella groups is something that is attractive about that style of Mm -hmm. music making particularly at the collegiate level when folks have a little bit more autonomy. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned this on previous episodes, but before Crossman was a thing, we we had a, an upstart group uh, yeah, that we had unaccompanied recruited. minors, right? It was it was harmonic minors. Harmonic minors, but, uh, okay. Also a good name. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that recruitment process, again, was largely just word of mouth and reaching out to folks who might be interested. Mm -hmm. uh, we were all freshmen at the time, so we were talking to all freshmen as well. But we had the flexibility to reach out to and get a whole bunch of people interested early on. Yeah, whereas if I want to send an email to someone like in the school, like a student who I know has a good voice, I need to, of course, like make sure I'm doing it. I, should, I need to do it through my school email. I should probably CC the principal, you know, just like there's all these mm -hmm. channels that you that you should go through because those are important things to do yes. as a teacher. But it is just one more kind of thing. It, it is just another even slight hurdle. Whereas when I'm recruiting, even for my church choir, I can just go up to people after church coffee hour and say, hey, you should join choir. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, again, it's structures versus maneuverability and what each group can learn from each other. And I'm curious, Brian, because we've kind of been talking around this is not to say like, what are the structures and the ways we recruit? But like, how does that conversation go for you? Like when you want someone to join your group, how do you sit down and talk to them about, hey, I think you would be good for this? Because I think a big part of this is us being like our own salespeople, our own marketers or whatever, and mm -hmm. trying to sell the both the vision of what the group can be and also talking and also ensuring we're like vetting them, trying to get a sense of their skills and trying to make sure they can make that commitment. So I'm curious when you've done recruiting, Brian, mm -hmm. for your groups, what have those conversations been like? I guess basically what we've tried to focus on and what I've tried to focus on, and when I say we, I meant the green tones mm -hmm. back then. Oh, did I say green we, notes earlier? I totally did. You did say green notes, but I didn't want to say anything. I know, but I told... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all right. I knew what you meant. But anyway, I think a lot of times people go into it approaching, you know, what's your what's your background? You know, how much experience do you sight read? Do all that? I'm like, I don't I'd never had the, had those conversations really? in an initial conversation with trying to figure out if someone might be a good fit. My biggest thing is I try and gauge their level of interest in singing mm -hmm. more than anything, because mm -hmm. I remember one of the first girls in, that we recruited and it's, this wasn't at an organization fair. It was literally in the dormitory cafeteria i heard her playing the piano and singing just while everyone was else she was playing eating. wonderwall she was not playing okay wonderwall. then she then she's not really made for an acapella group is she hey, she's not really the, cut out. but in her defense she was playing actually love song by cerberus which was big at that time so i was like you know what i'll allow it you know it wasn't a fix you it wasn't wonderwall but close enough i remember hearing that song all over people's myspace pages that was like a big oh, thing like every high school girl had that as their song when that would play when you went on their myspace page <laughs> oh man, you're dating yourself. Here oh yes, I am. I am. <laughs> but anyway, so I remember hearing her sing, and I literally dashed over to the piano where she was playing at. And this is not the typical pitch I get, but I was like, "Hey, you have an amazing voice. We're starting an acapella group. I want you in it." And so it was just oh, wow. like a hard press in your Straight face. Straight to the just job like, offer. You're exactly. I didn't even give her any details. Like I'm starting a group, and I want you in it. And I only did that because at the same time, and I'm not joking. I'm not lying to you when I say this. There was another kid who has simultaneously approached her at the same time I did and he actually uttered the same words hey I'm starting an acapella group wait was this I a different group in it. this was a completely different group this group never got off the ground I have no idea who this kid was <laughs> but, did, but the, so did the girl join your group then she did she actually ended up joining <laughs> our group it was probably because we actually like were structured and we probably had a name to give her or whatever and this group was like hey I'm singing behind the, the dorm at 9 o'clock tonight you want to come out here and we'll sing something under the, That's, the light or something <laughs> that, that, I don't <laughs> Hmm, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. 
But anyway, but that's like totally ended, a legitimate thing that happens when you have that yeah. personal interaction and it's exciting. It is. It is. And so sometimes you can play upon that initial shock value. That's not the way I typically go. Like I said, normally I gave, do you have a passion for singing? Do you sing a lot? Do you sing within a group? And it's even better almost if they don't sing in a group because we're like, hey, mm. here's an opportunity to try something. You're their new. first group. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm like, here, you can be a part of something you have never done before, but that'll still touch upon your passion. Whereas it's a different approach of like, hey, I've been in a group um i've done choir for x amount of years and then i kind of go at the route of well i get that you probably done the classical route you probably done a lot of very super structured classical type music here we're going to try something a little bit different we're going to hit maybe on some music that you're probably used to hearing more on the radio Mm -hmm. something that you might be into outside of the the educational program so it depends on the person like i said you can approach Mm -hmm. it as yeah there's this new exciting venture or hey here's something to try it's still gives you a taste of what you've been used to but in a different kind of course yeah you got to personalize your pitches for sure you can't just use the same one for sure thoughts on that duncan definitely that thought of trying something that they haven't done before speaks really true to my experience in recruitment for a high school choral ensemble for three years i I taught in a pretty small town in the willamette valley here in oregon and the the number one bar to recruitment was was a lack of experience and so my approach to recruitment very quickly changed from are you passionate about singing to are you curious about singing? Mm. And so it was that exploration of curiosity that opened the, the gate for recruitment in an environment where folks hadn't had, say, elementary choir or community choir yeah. or something to introduce them to it early on to just provide a, a new experience. That's one of the, the biggest things for, for recruitment is is that interest level. And I think with that, that's some, that's like, you know, are you curious about singing? That's one of those key differences between an occupation acapella group and a high school choir program or church choir program because agreed you know with an acapella group you know i wasn't i went up to some people and asked if they are you curious about singing because i thought they might have a good voice but for a lot of people i had to vet them in a sense and look for a certain level of skill Mm -hmm. just because unlike you know high school choir i didn't have a program that i could put them in and build them up to eventually be in timberman or be in mountain ones and that's you know i'm sure brian you had a similar thing it's about it's not just like pitching them on the idea of singing it's like pitching them on their role their potential potential role in your program so for like high school choir and similarly like for me with church choir I can go for just about anyone who has even just like a basic level of skill because we have the structures in place to build those up with church choir I have hired staff singers who their job is to like help bring these people up with high school choir you know you have a come all sing choir where they learn the basics but with acapella it it just makes it more difficult it just makes it you have to be more selective and those Mm -hmm. exciting moments that you might you know, find with anyone who, you know, as as weird as it sounds, the moment I think of a lot is something that I think was actually pretty iconic, and at least for me growing up as someone who wanted to be a choir director, is the first trailer for Glee, where it's Finn singing in the shower, and the Glee club coach just walks by and hears him, is like, oh my gosh, you need to sing. And he couldn't, like, read music, and he couldn't do all these things, but it's this kind of hyper-romanticized idea of, like, mm-hmm. natural talent in a vulnerable state in a place you didn't expect it. And while that's awesome, it's also important to realize like sometimes that's not always what you can have in your acapella mm-hmm. group. I had yeah. an experience where there was a guy blew my mind with how good his voice is, but he couldn't hold his part in four part harmony. And that was what the group was. Mm-hmm. So it was taking that moment that I really resonated with on Glee and kind of this darker opposite version, which was a real bummer. But I think the point of this is in recruiting, it's not just quantity versus quality, it's quantity and quality and making sure you have a certain balance there because you 
you just need to know what you're pitching them on and not get too caught up. Like, it's awesome, Brian, that you had the person who, like, you could hear they could sing really well. They could play a musical skill. They could play the piano. And you had a group that was, like, a good fit for her. And I think that that obviously worked well because you were starting the group and you knew exactly the kind of people you needed. And sometimes I think for other groups, it can be really easy to get caught up in the, I want to get you and I want to get you. And I also, sorry, going on a little rant here, but I had that situation where I heard a guy who was a really good singer and he was a good soloist, but he also, this is another guy separate, couldn't hold his part super well. And eventually he had to leave the group. So it's like this whole recruiting is so obviously, I think, framed around that excitement of like, oh yeah, we got someone where that's awesome, but you also have to make sure you're doing the work and setting up the structures in place that it's going to be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said it well, John. Uh, There's a certain glamour to the recruitment Mm -hmm. process of acapella because like you're saying, I think, and maybe I should come at it from the more choral aspect, with the choral kind of recruitment based off what I'm picking up from you guys and from my own personal past experiences in high school, it was just like they did a better job of knowing what sound they were needing in regards to, you know, this is the voice part, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. this is kind of maybe some of the skills that we know that you probably should come in having in a sense they kind of know what is required in order to make the group successful whereas in the acapella lens almost not that the groups aren't doing this by any means but there's a lot of initial shock and glamour to it just like mm-hmm. oh man we can find a place for your voice you yeah. know rather than gauge it of you know this is probably what our group needs we're like oh you're such an amazing singer you know what you come in you sing mezzo you sing alto you know we'll switch up and whereas some groups I- that totally works and in yeah. some places that's, that's fine does, where yeah. you're doing simple stuff and you can support other people but my kind of failure honestly was realizing this guy had a great voice but he could not hold his part and you know you can hear someone have a great voice but you it's really hard to vet their musicianship in just a one-on-one conversation and I'm sure Duncan you've run into this stuff and it's just I think recruitment's great it's just also it's a complex sometimes uncomfortable place you kind of have to go you got to look inward at what does your group need how am I going to approach balance the excitement of I want to get people in the group while also balancing but I want to get a certain kind of person in the group and ideally a person with a certain level of skill so it's just kind of a balance of all these different factors that i hope you know group leaders listening to this will take to heart so let us know what you think about what we're talking about today we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. hey folks this is rachel schoenbaum host of the new show and podcast called the pulse Acaville airs the pulse at 9 p.m eastern on tuesdays at 6 p.m pacific or you can find it and listen at your leisure on your favorite podcasting site, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Pulse is an interview-based show where I speak to groups all across the country to introduce you to high school, collegiate, semi-pro, and pro groups you may not have heard of. Tune in for the best in acapella only by Acaville. And welcome back to Tacapella. Hey, everybody. We've been talking with Duncan today all about recruiting. It's been super fun. Brian shared some anecdotes about how he saw Spider-Man without me and how that gave him <laughs> the right recruits to <laughs> never. <laughs> um, but actually, we've had we've had a really fun time kind of exploring not just like the idea of recruiting, like put up posters here and do this, but like going deeper into how do you have that conversation with someone when you recruit them? What happens when you recruit someone and it doesn't go well and then another idea that was brought up when we were off air was uh, Duncan was just talking about like how you figure out the kind of person you need and like what you should be recruiting for because I think we can all agree like you want to get people who are dedicated to the art and who have and if you can like they're good singers and if even better if they're good musicians but it's like about finding that kind of person and almost like vetting them in that moment and 
figuring out how you will find that kind of person that is, uh, I think, where there's some depth to be explored. So, Duncan, what, what are your thoughts on all that, man? How do you kind of figure out what you need and then how do you go about getting it? I think, you know, any any group has got to be a, a combination of folks with at least a, a decent understanding and, and the leg to stand on musically so that they mm-hmm. don't necessarily need uh, support and folks who are dedicated to picking things up mm-hmm. and, way of putting it. and occupying new roles. When it, I mean, what it comes down to is when I'm looking at people that I'm, that I'm recruiting for something, nine times out of 10, uh, if someone doesn't have a lot of foundational experience, but is, is a sharp learner, I'd take that over someone with a lot of pre-existing talent, but an unwillingness to move. Yeah. And so I think that those, those people who can pick up new skills, who are dedicated to learning, are the folks that end up becoming the most valuable. But mm-hmm. it's helpful to have those, those higher talent, higher naturally occurring, mm-hmm. uh, however you want to look at it, yeah. uh, talent folks in there to give a base plate for, for your learners to grow off of. Totally. Yeah. And Duncan, I think that's super uh, vital what you said about people dedicated to new roles, because for me, I've always been a a staunch believer that if you are just coming into the group and all you're giving is your voice in regards to singing the music, then you're not doing enough for any group at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I've always felt that in order for a group to truly thrive, everyone has to be working outside of just performing at the end of the day. And it could be someone taking a, a simple task as taking notes people need to work on for the next rehearsal it could be a role such as the leadership roles it could be you know helping to spread the message of the group helping to spread the name gathering gigs at the end of the day you want people to come into the group who are a like you said going to be able to learn the music and then b provide you with opportunities to propel the group forward at the end of the day and so it's it's super key Totally. I'm curious, when you guys have been looking for new recruits, whether it's for choir or for acapella groups, how specific have you gotten when like, because I know for a lot of people, like for Timberman, we were a four person group and then we realized we wanted to expand it to five. So all four of us were returning and we said, okay, we want a fifth member. So everyone who was previously in the group, like we all together, like said, this is what we're looking for. We called him hypothetical new guy. And we wanted like a high tenor with a good falsetto, ideally a freshman who could like really flip between voice parts and you know if possible be a music person but also just someone who fit our vibe as like a group of friends and I'm curious like that that was pretty specific and we kind of had to be because we were such a small group but I'm curious have you guys ever like gotten so specific where you're like okay I almost have like a model of something that I'm looking a role that I'm looking for someone to fill I'm just curious about that I think for me, um, and I'm trying to remember back, there was one year, I think it was either the third or fourth year, maybe it was the end of the third going into the fourth year. We, for some reason, lost a soprano in our group. And I think They're it was- easy to lose. The, you know? I know. But uh, we lost someone, and I don't think it's just because she quit. I think it was because there were some job responsibilities that came up and she needed some time off from the group. And she was a really super solid soprano, and she was one of our high soprano 
Sopranos. And so it caused a shift. So at first we were just like, well, maybe we can switch one of our lower Sopranos, just put him in that role. And then it got like so chaotic. It was just like, no, 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 we need to find another high Soprano. So what we ended up doing is we always kept a list of everyone we had uh, auditioned for the group. And especially mm. those who we call Smart. gave callbacks for. And so we were able to look back through our list and we, we brought two people in. One was uh, awesome. Till this day, I'm still upset that we didn't bring her in. And sorry for spoiling the end in here. But <laughs> <laughs> we brought in a really great high soprano. And then one of our members had a friend who was also a really good soprano. And we just brought those two in. Mm-hmm. And we auditioned them in like in the same day, put them through like kind of this whole question round thing. And then we sent them away and made our decisions. And we ended up going with a really good pick, which was the the friend of the group. But uh, she had a really, she had that sound we were looking for more than anything. It wasn't about personality. At that time, we were so invested on progressing and doing more complex stuff that we just needed someone who was really rock solid at their part mm-hmm. and you had a specific mold yeah and she and yeah. she fit it you knew what you were looking it's like we're pretty sure we know what we're looking for but we'll know exactly what it is once we see it exactly kind of yeah you kind of just feel it yeah what about you, Duncan? In the small town high school choir setting, oftentimes when you're recruiting for fo- for folks, uh, you're taking as many as you can get. Mm-hmm. There are a few circumstances. This past year was a, a year where I needed altos. Mm-hmm. And there was one student who transferred in partway through the year and... I had them in class for maybe two days, and then I approached them and said, "Would you be interested in joining our chamber choir as well?" Mm-hmm. Just because I know that this was a this is a role that needed to be filled. But as far as the general recruitment process, I mean, always, always looking for tenors. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and oftentimes having to take people who really should be singing baritone and put them mm-hmm. on a tenor two or something like that because that's just what Amen. the groups need yeah. the group needs mm-hmm. the yeah the overall recruitment process it's it's much less specific when it's for a larger group yeah but definitely when it comes to like recruiting for the chamber choir which also serves as an acapella group and mm-hmm. a jazz choir and whatever else I need them to be a lot of that is listening to the individual voices of of existing groups and then uh, thinking like okay this is this is a role that could be fleshed out in the chamber choir. Let me talk to that kid. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Brian, your point about that you had had like the lists of people, you had taken notes on the people that previously auditioned for you and you could just go back into it. I think that's something everybody should do. And it's also something that can be harder for brand new groups when it's like, all right, well, we've had one or two rounds of auditions in our whole thing. And I can remember, you know, I can name them all off the top of my head. And but the fact that you had such an organized process to it, I think is so cool. And I think that's something that high school choirs, especially when like, you know, in a big thriving program could also, you know, take in mind. And I think directors do. Duncan, have you ever been in a place where for an audition group, you had like maybe backups? Like, okay, I, this is, these are the people I want in my group, but if so-and-so can't be in it, like then this person's my backup. You ever had that situation? Yeah, especially for especially for the smaller groups. I always mm-hmm. list alternates when- Oh, when you like put it up when like yeah. on the, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen some people do that. Yeah, and then I, I do keep, I, I keep all of the audition forms that I get handed mm-hmm. uh, and- in the event that there are roles that need to be filled, then I, you know, look at the look at the notes I took during their auditions and maybe go through a second round, add people as I need to. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, and just because this is not my area of expertise at all, and maybe both of you can answer this for me, is in regards to the recruitment process for choral groups, since those tends to be a lot, typically be larger than mm-hmm. your standard acapella group, is there such a thing as too much recruitment for those large choral groups since you need more voices typically? I think I, it definitely depends on the 
the group. Yeah, yeah, totally depends on the group. I was definitely in an ensemble in high school where the director would recruited quite a bit and it was successful recruiting, but I think he realized that a lot of them didn't have the level of skill that we needed to do the music that he was hoping we could do. And as a result, we all kind of felt the weight of that. And a lot of those people like that he got in that recruitment wave ended up leaving anyway. So oh, I wow. think whereas they could have been placed, and this was like the large group, whereas had they been placed in the non-auditioned guys choir for their first year, they would have been like the rock stars of that group and then mm-hmm. built the skills necessary. I, I think there can be too much recruitment for select groups for sure, yeah. where you have a, you need a certain balance. But in training choirs, like all freshmen, tenor bass or all freshmen, soprano, alto, usually the more the merrier yeah. I find. Because you can, yeah, you, it's just like having like a bigger, almost like a bigger lecture class or something more people are getting this information even if not all of them stick in you're at least you know maybe even if you recruit 10 and only six stay it's still six new dedicated singers who went through your program so yeah i think so in regards to that there's not really too much recruitment unless it's for specific groups what do you think duncan for my intro level groups i always just take anyone who walks into the room awesome yeah let's do some singing from those intro groups i like to include an optional audition as part of the course Mm. not not graded but just included in the curriculum that way that lets me listen to folks who have experience working with me almost every time if there's someone who has been in one of my intro groups who's auditioning up as opposed to someone who has never been in one of my groups auditioning for the top choir the ones who have been in my intro groups have a higher chance because I know that I know that they've spent some time working on it yeah and you also know how you work with them you have a sense of their personality that's why I always like it with acapella if like frankly my friends audition or people who I know are good workers even if I don't know them personally I think we had a couple guys from my fraternity audition for Timberman one year and I don't think any of them made it because they just didn't they hadn't developed those skills enough yet but I knew like hey these guys are hard workers so if they had been at that level I wouldn't have had an issue bringing them in yeah and that's um, man I relate to that so much I think back to the people that kind of hung around the group mm-hmm. um, at least our acapella groups they they weren't members but you know naturally you draw more artistic people with you you know if you tend to be artistic type person and I, I had a really good friend still one of my best friends to this day we sang all through high school he didn't start college the same time I did but he came a few years later and everyone in our group knew him they knew he was a fantastic solo singer they knew that we had practically kind of grew up through high school together and then he auditioned for the group and you know what it it comes down to a democracy at the end of the day and so some of the people felt that he was a perfect fit other people were kind of worried about his learning abilities I guess in regards to sight reading music Mm -hmm. and things like that and so it those instances are a bit tricky for me because I'm just like well here you have someone who you kind of conditioned to fit the group at the end of the day and you know they have the ability but they could be missing one thing or so just because most enough people hadn't worked with them professionally yeah and it's just like it's an interesting scope yeah and i think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the episode about recruiting people when it's successful is fun like it's inherently an enjoyable Mm -hmm. thing i really like when i get someone new in my group and they are having a good time and i've had that with both mountain horns and i've had that with church choir and i think it's 
always, as you mentioned, Brian, like sometimes even when it feels like everything's kind of lining up, there can be other factors that might pull the rug out from under us. It can be really easy to frame things in terms of, yes, this person is a member of the community, they fit right, and it feels like this is what this should be. But like you said, whether it's different opinions from the groups, from the other members of the group, or they're hearing things you're not or seeing things you're not, it can be hard because you want to, you have that exciting moment of you want them to join the group and they want to join the group. And then things just frankly not working out. It almost feels like it's like the wrong ending to like a fairy tale in in a weird way. It feels like (laughs) this is how it's meant to be, but then it just doesn't happen. I've had that a few times. Duncan, have you ever had anything like that, whether it's in and either, you know, in your groups or whether like the St. Olaf Choir or in Crossman or anything like that? There have definitely been instances where I really went after making sure that someone had the opportunity to be part of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to leave the names of individuals and, and yeah. ensembles out of it. But there was one person during my college years that I had recruited to be part of an ensemble. And at first things went really well, but turns out that person just really didn't have the same sort of buy-in. As a result, that didn't end up working out. That person left the ensemble and and there was there was some tension surrounding that situation so i i definitely yeah i definitely think knowing knowing someone from a certain context and knowing the type of musician or person that they are is helpful but knowing the ensemble that you're bringing them into and knowing whether or not they're gonna fit into that specific environment is definitely a big part of it too it's one that i wasn't aware of at the time but Mm -hmm. i've definitely become aware of since yeah i mean we're not going to know how well they fit and regardless of if they really like the group until mm-hmm. they're in the group themselves and yeah. they're I don't know their ninth week of rehearsal and we're in the kind of shiny honeymoon phase of oh we got a new member of oh I feel so good I got a new member once that's worn off and you're just kind of in the trenches together and I've seen that work I've seen that like I mentioned before I've seen both that work out and not work out. And I think the best thing we can do is just get to know our group as well as we can and recognize, okay, maybe I'm bringing this person in, but I know so-and-so isn't a fan of, well, that doesn't think we need this kind of voice part or doesn't like this person or doesn't like this personality. And that's not to say you should go out and tell that person, no, you need to let them in. But just, I guess we should just make sure we know our group well and there's not anything bad with the exciting, good feeling of getting someone new in the group or like extending an invitation to audition and stuff, but also recognizing and being mature enough to accept that sometimes things just don't work out. And that's that's part of the process. It's like weird comparison, but it's like when I wanted to see Spider-Man Far from No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> oh no, but actually, <laughs> I'm sorry. Of course. But it's it's like when you ask someone on a date and you got the butterflies in mm-hmm. your stomach and you're super excited and you know, a couple dates go by and it's like, yep, this is it. And then maybe you find out later you just don't have enough in common. I know that's kind of a broad mm-hmm. example, but I think it is that sense of honeymoon phase and just getting so hyped up on the energy yeah. and the excitement because you're not just excited about something, it's not like I don't know I bought something and I'm excited the other half of this side is excited too Mm -hmm. they're excited you're excited and things ideally you just kind of envision it like okay these things are totally going to work out and I think it's just up to us as group leaders and directors to be mature enough to handle it and recognize that sometimes it won't end that way it's not always going to be in the honeymoon phase and that's fine but sometimes it's just not going to work out entirely at all and that's you know can be said for all different facets of acapella but recruitment especially when it's so hyped up at the beginning of the year and everyone's really excited and we're all just like kind of there's a lot of group pride it's just important to 
keep that enthusiasm, but simultaneously develop your understanding of how sometimes things shake out. Absolutely. You've got to rejoice in the victories that happen, mm-hmm. but but accept shortcomings with grace. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I completely agree. I, John, you just made me realize this, but there is indeed a honeymoon phase <laughs> towards any recruitment process of acapella because I think, yeah, you get so worked up on, man, this is such a cool time and I want so much for these new people and I want so much for myself with this group. Everything's changing, some, but in an exciting it, way. Yeah. Mm. It is. There's so much good energy going on that, you know what, you didn't realize it until three weeks into the new semester and you're in your third rehearsal and you have that one new guy who's like, you know what, this isn't working out for me because you kind of went in with blinders because you were so affixed to something. Mm-hmm. And I think in that same vein, something we didn't really touch on, but there can also be a downside to the recruitment process, you know, especially if you do it in an unorthodox way. If you, It's not part of that standard format going into the year. If you do it through random parts and you're picking up people. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I said, you have friends who might be in there. I made them as well. I didn't, I'm not going to call it a mistake, but I had a friend. Uh, she was in one of the sororities that uh, we were connected to. And I kept pitching her to the group. I was like, hey, you know, this group would be a great fit for you. You know, this you have a great voice. You know, you should come audition. And, you know, that next year she finally stepped up and she came to audition. And the sad part is the group didn't feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And so here it is. There was that tension that Duncan, you mentioned earlier. It's just like now there's that little bit that tension because you worked up this recruitment process in such a way for this person and yourself and it didn't play out how you wanted it and to. they almost might feel like even though it's obviously a group decision who gets in they might feel like you're breaking a promise to them i've definitely yeah. had that where like i'm really excited about someone and i'm trying to get them in but if you know there's been times where i've gone out and been like yeah I'm, i don't tell them i'm gonna put you in the group but i tell them i'm excited for you to audition and whatnot and then it almost feels kind of like oh am i breaking a promise am i like stabbing you in the back by not fulfilling this kind of dream we shared right. of the future of our of music <laughs> exactly. making together and that that's tricky and again i think that just comes back to keeping enthusiasm in check and that goes for all kinds of ensembles but still having a lot of enthusiasm but just making sure it's all within a professional sphere and you're not right. promising someone exactly. that they can be in the group you're not going out of your way and crossing lines for the sake of the group because like you said like we've talked about so many fun stories today about oh it was so great when i got this person and i got this person i've had those and honestly, the moments that I find some of the most exciting when I'm in the groups and in the recruitment process is emailing people and telling them you got in. Like, mm-hmm. that's so cathartic. That is it so is. fun to do. I remember with Mountain Horns, with the first group, I just sent a message that just said, you're in, in big all caps letters in like, you know, huge font. And I got really excited emails back. And that's awesome. But I can't be fueled by that to the point where I'm not being realistic. And it's just constantly exactly. keeping myself in check. Yeah. Enthusiasm, but not letting the excitement override the logic and the rationale exactly you at the end of the day you all still have a role to play in this and you can't lose track of like you guys saying whether you're looking for that certain part or whatever the motivation is behind it you have to stay focused and at the same time you have to realize recruitment is not a solo endeavor no yeah effort yeah duncan how do you recruit outside of yourself essentially like what do you reach out to i have a handful of systems in place for the school but the biggest one is get a poster and a notebook and a couple of student volunteers 
volunteers and mm-hmm. just have them set up a table, say, during lunch or, or something like that. Because, again, it's word of mouth from students that is the most successful recruiter from outside the existing organization. Totally. And so especially when you've got those kids that already buy in and they've got, you know, connections to other groups within the school like mm-hmm. uh, cheer or sports or, or theater. When fight you, club. Yeah, fight club. When you... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Acapella fight club. Nice. We don't talk about it. But when you've... When you've got students who really buy into your program, encouraging others to try for it, that's what inspires folks from outside to come in. Definitely, especially because they know their friends better than you know. You know, you might think you know them, but yeah. right. if your students or your friends like have a close friend, they have it, and they have an understanding of how they enjoy the group and how their friend might enjoy the group. That's insight. That as much as you know, whether as a teacher, as an acapella group member, if I don't know them directly, it's hard to come to that understanding. So yeah. using the systems around you kind of coming full circle whether it's sitting down at the club rush thing at the beginning of the year or asking your group members who do you think would be good for this group i think it's just all these things that contribute to a better understanding of the recruitment process and how we as acapella leaders can facilitate it in a healthy enjoyable and uh, responsible way yeah i think that you have to trust that your other members mm-hmm. are going to do their part mm-hmm. throughout recruitment and like like you just said it comes down to they're going to know the other people better than you're possibly going to know them and so trust them to go out there find you those gigs that are going to put you in the forefront to attract more people that trust that they'll be able to take over those student organizational affairs and do their roles and not have you be the only person trust that you know they will do all they can to contribute to attract people to this group totally and especially just as a final note as individuals who have all started groups it's very easy to think that we're the only engine that we're the people that have right, to make right. everything happen <laughs> yes that was my i love mountain horns the first year but i took on so much to get it going and i mm-hmm. I learned to delegate more, but it's a better run organization now because of the delegation and that goes to all aspects. So man, this has been a fun discussion about Mm -hmm. all the ins and outs of recruitment. We're going to take one more quick break and then we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. Hey everybody, it's Aaron here from The Spotlight, the show that's always recorded face-to-face, always live, and always a good time. We spend at least a half an hour every week with a group or artist. We hear their backstory, hear what they're up to these days, and have some conversation while hearing them sing some live tunes. Get more in-depth with your favorite groups, and maybe some you haven't heard of, on The Spotlight every Wednesday at 5 p.m. East and 8 p.m. West, and again on Rebroadcast Sunday. It's all here on Akaville. And welcome back to Tacapella. We've had a fun time today talking about recruitment, the ins and outs, and not just like how to recruit, but like the emotional content and experiences that come with recruiting and how you manage that and the highs and the lows and just what you should be prepared for. And I think we had a pretty comprehensive conversation. As always, let us know what you thought of this week's episode. Like if you have different ideas on recruitment or how we should go about it, what are your favorite recruitment techniques? And also just like, what do you think about the stuff we talked about today? Do you get that same cathartic feeling when you send an email out to people and it's it's a it's a good time to just discuss this stuff because acapella is so big right now. So we're gonna wrap up this week as we always do. Duncan, biggest piece of advice for the acapella community, what is it? I would say uh, we we talked a lot during this episode about the personal relationship aspect of recruitment and and the group dynamic. Mm-hmm. I'd say one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give is do things with your group that are not music. Mm. Have a game night or work out together or something like that, but do things that aren't music because we spend a lot of time in the musical environment and that can sometimes become the only way that we know people. But the folks in your group, there are more sides to them than 
adjust their musical skill. And so it's it's good to not just function with them as professionals, but that's the biggest thing that fuels that friendship piece is getting involved with the group in other ways. Well said. Totally agree. Very true. All right, Duncan, if people want to get a hold of you, how could they do that? You're a well-known composer and arranger. Well-known is a stretch. Yes, well, <laughs> I know you very well. So uh, how could people find out about your music, hire you to arrange something, compose something? What, what's the best way to do that? Best way to do that uh, is via email. That's just duncantoomey at gmail.com. Or uh, there's a contact thing on my website, which is duncantoomey.com. That's D-U-N-C-A-N. And then Toomey is T-U-O-M-I. Yes, not T-O-O-M-I-E or T-O-U-M-I and all that stuff. I've spelled his name wrong so many ways that I can help you all. Don't it's T-U-O-M-I. There you go. Yeah. D-U-O. Um, but those are probably the best ways to get in touch with me on my website. There's also a list of some of the stuff that I've written for choral music. And then as far as arrangements go, I, I don't tend to publish those. But but if someone is looking for an arrangement, I arrange too. Awesome. Brian, where can people find you, man? Yeah, as always, you can find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. And then go follow the work that I do at College Acapella. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. Everyone, make sure to follow Acaville Radio on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're everywhere. We're just constantly expanding. Give me a follow or a tweet or whatever at John Lampus on Twitter and Instagram. And also be sure to check out Tacapella on our Twitter at Tacapella. Find us on our website at tacapella.org. We post our new episodes on iTunes Wednesdays, the day after they air on Acaville. Uh, let us know what you thought of today's episode. Let us know what you thought about the content that we discussed, the content we're creating. Let us know what you hope to see from us in the future. We just are always looking for more audience engagement and just hearing what the acapella community is thinking. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Tacapella. And for everything related to acapella, please stay tuned.